Welcome back to Black Women Link Up, the number one podcast in Ohio where we bring back the real back to black sisterhood. So this episode we are talking about women empowerment, hence we all have our pink on today. And we first start off with our card from We're Not Really Strangers, the game. And Camille is going to lead us off. Okay, y'all. So what would make you feel closer to me? So we can go in any order, basically, what is something, I think this probably has to do with like love languages, like what would make you feel like I'm close with you, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. So you specifically? Sure. (laughs) Or just in general, like what would make you feel close to someone? I think for me personally, I've been spending a lot of quality time with Lauren, and I think quality time is one of my biggest love languages. So I think more quality time aside from like podcasting or going out, like really having those intimate moments, even if we are like out to eat, like having small moments where we're like talking about a random conversation and it gets deeper and deeper just naturally. I think that would like make us feel closer. I agree with quality time. That's like the second on my list of your love languages. Yes. The first one's physical touch. Um, so I mean those are cool too. Like it's fine. But in terms of oh okay. In terms of like <laughs> in terms of like spending actual time having deep conversation, um, words of affirmation are things too. But like I don't look for y'all to be like, Oh my god, Camille, you're such a you're such a great person. <laughs> like, no, but out of, I think, in this space with the three of you, quality time for sure. Okay, well, I think it's quality time as well. I have a hard time with opening up to people when I'm going through something. So if somebody kind of forces themselves in, then that is what I feel like would make us all closer. Well, me closer to y'all. Forcing ourselves? If we force ourselves on you? Yeah. Okay. We do have no, keys to your house. We do have keys to your house. We have keys to your house. Bet. You just live all the way out in heaven. Okay, so I gotta find it. a way to get to you. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> every time. <laughs> but yeah, like when like I was just going through something, like um, specifically Lauren and Bree would reach out and would yeah, like. It's okay. <laughs> They would, they, them too, like, they really, like, force. I think Cam was, like, the first one that, like, she gives you your space a little bit when you're going through something because y'all did know I was going through something. But they kind of, like, forced it, especially Lauren. Lauren loves forcing herself. (laughs) Wow. But it's, like, it's it's in a good way. Like, I know she doesn't mean any harm. And I, I, I push people away when I'm going through something because I don't know how to, if I'm, if I'm sad or mad, you're going to see it. Like, I can't hide it. So I'd rather not have that negative energy around somebody. So I feel like somebody like forcing themselves in and like quality time that really helps to being closer. I would say bonding over food. If we go out to eat together, I already feel tight. We might as well get matching tattoos afterwards. (laughs) That's such a real answer coming from you. (laughs) Well, cool. I love that. Good question. Quality time and physical touch and food. Definitely, yeah. Let's give a sleepover vibes, which you guys are doing. Yes. More big sleepover. Okay, so we do have... Wait, was that... In celebration of... 
In celebration of having our first guest on our podcast, we do have some champagne. Woot, woot. So we are going to pop the bottle. Is this really is somebody nice. that I was like telling them. <laughs> Whoa! You know how that was not. First of all, first of all, y'all know I don't like loud noises. I was that wasn't that loud. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like. Woo! Oh, mm Y'all know I cover my ears. I don't. I was not. <laughs> um, if you know, you know, Women's Empowerment Month is coming up, and this is somebody that I feel is like the definition of women empowerment. She does so much for the community of women and girls. Um, she is like just such an inspiration to look up to. I follow her on Instagram. I've talked with her so many times, and I'm just so excited to have a conversation with her. So without further ado, welcome Miss Chanel. Yes. Welcome. Got a seat on the couch. Thank you for being our first guest yes. ever on Black I am Mama honored. Club. I am honored. I, I can't wait. We're about to get into it, y'all. Okay. Here he is. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, why you're here in Columbus, et cetera, et cetera. Go ahead. Okay, so where do I start? So I got really serious about um, women's empowerment work, kind of like in middle school, before it was even the name, like women's empowerment came later on. But I realized um, after being bullied in middle school, um, yeah, I think everybody experienced a little bully situation. But what was unique about mine is my mom was not playing it. Like she called the principal was like, look, Get it together. So my principal had like a little girl talk with the girls. And they said, well, we didn't like her. Well, they had tears in her eyes. Um, she got to them. And she was she was like, um, what's the reason for all this? They said they didn't like me because my hair was longer than theirs. <gasps> it beat a bald-headed girl step for Wow. And that just, from that moment, like I had a heart for women. Um, and I realized like why they did that. But I was never bullied again. I made it a thing to be like a popular nice girl. So that work, um, like the work I'm doing now has been traced back all the way to middle school for me. Um, So now I own Girl Code. Um, It started off as a book, but now I'm doing like more so media and content and stuff around um, embracing women's empowerment through media. Because the things that we see in media is always tearing each other down fights um i just don't like how we get depicted in media so i'm really pushing that narrative and then i have ohio girls do it better which is a prophecy to my own community so ohio women could do better because we do we got some work to do that's all i was saying we do have some work to do you know coming from a small town um i just see like a lot of girls get into a lot of fights um seem like it's not a lot of, like a lot of men here or something so it's always about men things like that and i'm like you know i want to change this narrative we don't need to be competing um with each other i'm about to be the voice in this community so ohio girls do it better is like my heart because that's my community work and girl code is more so like the global mission I it's good that you had an uh, advocate for you, like your mom advocated for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was not having that. Because I grew up in church, um, and I was always taught to show yourself friendly, mm-hmm. to gain friends. So there was literally, I would cry every day after school. Like, they don't like me. I was just the nicest girl ever. So she was like, nah, like, my child cannot keep coming home crying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to mom boots. <laughs> and you're not from Ohio originally. No. Right? So tell us how you got to Ohio. Yeah, so I was born in New York. Um, I came here when I was three years old. We went to World Harvest Church. Um, and my mom, she really felt like God called her 
to Ohio. So we didn't have much family here. So I think that's another reason why I'm so passionate about people because my friends became my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of grew up like really trying to get, have like good quality, healthy friendships. And it's really hard to like find a good, healthy um, girls group, mm-hmm. especially here. So that has been my journey. But yeah, I came because my mom, she felt like, you know, God told her to come here. <laughs> So, I mean, at three years old, you can't argue it. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. So, I guess just off the bat, the only thing that I can think of to ask you is, do you feel like the definition of women's empowerment in society and what you know it, what you know it as is aligned? Or how would you, like, define it? Um, so let me <laughs> get into so. it. Take a sip. <laughs> Let me <laughs> so my thoughts on women's empowerment. Um, so again, I've been doing this work before this was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think it's just a word and a way to bring people to their events and stuff. But when I left Ohio, I realized women's empowerment was a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was exposed to. And that's why I, when I came back, I do the work that I do on a like heavier scale. Because it's a lifestyle and it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. It's about how you relate to other women in your life, even if you don't like them. So I think, too, people think, you know, if you are a women's advocate, um, you have to like every woman. That's not realistic. Right. You, there are going to be, right. that's just self-care. You're not going to like every person that you come across um, with, but... It's about empowering the next woman, bringing them to the next room and, you know, inspiring them, lifting them up. It's a daily lifestyle. So I think some people do look at it, at it as a business side, but it's a lifestyle. And I think that's why I'm like so successful in this field, because I made it my lifestyle before it was a trend. Right. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on like what it means to you guys, but for me, it's a, it's a lifestyle. No, yeah. It's a daily walk. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought, like, just thinking about going into this podcast, I thought of it as exactly that. Like, the word lifestyle came into play because mm-hmm. I feel like we see a lot of, like, networking brunches and, oh, like, women's empowerment. Yeah. Social media, especially now, it's like, okay, you comment and you're, like, sharing and it's like you're supporting. But, like, what are you doing on a daily basis to make mm-hmm. sure that your sister, your friend is being uplifted? Not even on, like, a surface level, but on a deeper level. Like, what are you doing to educate her, to uplift her? Yes. You know, like, those little things that, like, add up. And it's like, we can't just take what social media defines as women empowerment and be like, okay, like, like to make a, to make us feel good about, okay, I'm uplifting my sister. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's temporary. Yeah. You have to be intentional. You have to be consistent about the work you're doing. The rooms you're putting yourself in, especially the people that you're around, like, it all adds up. Absolutely. I feel like if it's not a lifestyle, then you don't really care mm-hmm. for any person. You don't care for a nice person at all. Absolutely. And you're just doing it for a show. Um, that's something that you really have to be intentional about, mm-hmm. I feel, when it comes down to women empowerment. Because at the end of the day, sure. if we don't have each other, who else is going to have us? Exactly. So. Okay. And it's funny because you guys see, like, it's like a Twitter thing going on. But they say it's funny these women's empowerment events are ran by people who are, like, mean girls in real life. <laughs> yes. That has been, like a thing and people are calling people out and you know I'm thankful that I knew that it was a lifestyle before again the trend um but yeah I just see a lot of that because like when we go to those women's empowerment events we go but like I don't see none of them girls ever again you know because it's a lifestyle you have to train your your brain to want to be even open to a new friendship a lot of us have girl trauma Mm -hmm. we've all been done wrong by some 
a girl in our life, whether she took a man, whether she, you know, blasted you on social media, rumors, da, da, da. there's a lot of girls that, like, they keep close. Um, they're, like, two or three friendships that they don't open up because it's, it's a mental. We have to continue to exercise that and become better and look at each other in a different light if we really want to live this change. I think that also being open to other relationships involves you being vulnerable. Mm. If you want to make real connections, you have to open yourself up and tell people things about you that mm -hmm. are vulnerable. And not everybody is ready for that, which is totally understandable because if you've been hurt mm -hmm. or you feel like this is in a safe space, it can be difficult. But it's like, do you want connections? Do you want friendships? Or do you want to live in a, you know, live in a shell? Mm -hmm. This is the same thing I think about like with disagreements and stuff. Like, do you want to be right or do you want to have relationships? Yeah. So it's not always about like... I'm staying in my corner where I'm right and I'm safe here. It's like, no, do you want to have relationships or do you want to just like live in this section? I think, yeah, it's definitely about feeling safe. Um, and yeah, vulnerability does come with um, the journey. But what really changed my mindset too, I have a friend, her mom, she's not doing the best right now that she's sick. Um, and she had two friends, ride or dies, nobody in our crew type of thing. But um, they die. Mm -hmm. So now it's like she's just, you know, she's struggling. There's nobody to come because she didn't open herself to other friendships. Mm -hmm. We're going to need each other. And what I also see a lot of women, we don't value our um, female friendships like that. I see girls who take men back time, mm -hmm. time, okay. time, time again. Mm -hmm. But let that friend do something wrong. We don't give the same grace to our female friends like we do our you know men of interest like mm -hmm. it's the value part of that too you, so you miss one birthday party at cheesecake factory yep. you miss one birthday dinner <laughs> girl that's not that. my friend that's not my friend she was a snake from day one mm -hmm. miss one birthday mm -hmm. dinner at cheesecake factory so sent you a card and everything <laughs> she's still a snake yeah, I saw like a tweet or something that was like, you know, it's bad when a girl got different people at their birthday dinner every year, or when y'all go to Miami and don't come back friends. <laughs> that one, like no. that part. Yeah, mm. it just really yeah, things like that really prove the validity of a relationship that you mm -hmm. have with a person. Mm -hmm. If yeah. I can't go through hell and high water with you, if I can't call you in the middle of the night when something's going wrong, then you're not valid in my life. Yeah. I don't think everybody is like, I don't, okay, this is my opinion. Everybody's not made like that or built like that just yet. You have to go through a lot to be a good friend. You don't just show up and wake up one day and like, oh, I'm going to be a good friend. Like, no, you got to know how to deal with conflict, conflict resolution, how to like, when to let things go and when to actually talk about something. You got to be able to pick and choose your battles. You can't be like stubborn. Like, you want to be a good friend, you can't be stubborn and stuck in your ways and be like, all right, this is just my position and that's just it. Like, no, mm -hmm. you have to be like fluid and willing to give you have to give part of yourself too mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying another thing too to add to that um i grew up i think it was like the saying like common sense ain't common mm -hmm. type of thing mm -hmm. so a part of girl code the, the book i'm not sure if you guys ever seen the book but the book is literally a bunch of girl codes like some stuff is like unwritten like how 
guys, they have the bro code. You don't do certain things. But we think everybody knows that stuff. So basically, girl code is like the written rule so nobody can say they don't know, right? So a lot of my work is educating people because they, sometimes they don't know. And like a lot of my friends in high school, they were great people. And they were always um, getting into fights with girls, had different girlfriends every year. But I realized like a part of my work is to study why and how to actually help us um, have this healthier lifestyle with one another. So I realized, you know what? Her mom died when she was like eight years old. Mm -hmm. I think we are afforded the luxury to have amazing parents and role models in our life, but that's not everybody's story. Mm -hmm. Some people don't know how to be a good friend because they were never taught that. And a lot of my programming is to get into the school so they could know how to be a good human being. We're taught how to climb up the corporate letter or MX plus B. We, we're not going to use that in life. Mm -hmm. We need to know how to be good people, good friends, a good daughter, a good sister. Mm -hmm. People do not know. And like, I'm in the business of giving them grace, but they, they do need to be educated on that. Nice. Yeah, I have seen your book and that's like a perfect segue because I actually wanted to ask you because I think when I first saw it, you said those things that you wrote down were things that like our mom, some people's moms have not taught them. Mm -hmm. So what made you sit down and say like, okay, I'm going to write this, this and that. Like, how did you decide how to put your content into that book? Because I broke a rule myself. Mm -hmm. And there was a time, um, even with this platform, I messed up and I wasn't technically my sister's keeper. And it led me into like a bad relationship. And in the <clears throat> pandemic, I think everybody had time to sit with themselves and I had to face those demons. I had to give myself grace. I had to learn. And I'm not sure if y'all, like I'm really hard on myself, especially when I know not to do something, I still do it. I'm like, Chanel, you know better. Like that was dumb. Like, why, why did you do that? I was just really hard on myself. And in the midst of forgiving myself, I wanted to forgive everybody else who hurt me. Um, so that was like a space and like, God just like, literally, I just, I felt, um, God was telling me just to write everything I've ever learned in a book. So I don't forget it. Cause technically I forgot, you know, I forgot one of the rules and it, it backfired. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm about to just write all these rules, break them down to friendships, yourself, rules for yourself, um, relationship rules, which you're not supposed to do in relationships and business how to be an empowered woman, like everything that was taught to us from generations to generations, put it in a book and it's um, digestible. So it's not like chapters where you have to read. It's literally, cause you know how, I'm not like really a good, good book reader. I listen to audibles, but it takes years to get to the point, right? So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I want to put yeah. 400 points right here and categorize them. Cause I don't want to forget them for myself. And then on the, uh, in the back of the book, I want to be able to have a space so I can make up my own rules um, see what worked and pass it down to my daughter. Yeah. So she can never say she didn't know how mommy lived. Or not, you know, so I that was the thought process, but I did think it was dumb. I'm like, this is this is dumb. Like I, I don't this is dumb. This is basically a bullet point <laughs> of all these rules. Um, but that's how God works. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. You have to have faith. Um, so when I wrote the book in 2020, I knew it was for a bigger cause. Um, so now, um, well it's 2023 now, but in 2022, I knew the next thing was to have a program for it. And this was my time to really promote the book, but I wrote it in 2020. I did one little drop and that was it. Cause I knew it was supposed to be for something later. 2022 is when I finally like promoted it, started telling people about it. And I actually won uh, my first pitch competition off that book. And I knew that was God. And I knew his hand was, you know, in this. So 
a lot of the things I do, sometimes I don't even make sense in my head. I'm like, how am I doing this? But looking back at all the trials that I've ever had and things that I went through, it always points to like women. Like I know this is my ministry and I'm just basically, um, this in my journey right now, I'm just trying to now make it a business. Cause I'm like, okay, can't be struggling building the work. You know what I'm saying? And that's so weird. Cause I always like, this is my passion. And you know, you find your passion when you do stuff for free. So now I'm just in a space like, okay, you know, how do I market this program? How do I get, so now I'm in the business of things. So I'm not doing um, as much work as I, you know, used to be. Cause I'm learning all this stuff, you know, as far as the business. But um, it's definitely a journey and it's a beautiful one. So I know at the end of the day, it's bigger than me. Exactly. Do you look at your book as like what all the bullet points, kind of like an autobiography in a sense? Like, at one point, this was something, like, almost like a story about yourself, but also to help somebody else. Not really. It's because it's literally, like, one, love God, yourself, and others. Two, do not, you know, um, put yourself last to any man. Three, like, it's not an autobiography, um, but I will say it sounds like a girl Bible. Hmm. In a way. Have you gotten a lot of feedback? Yes. Um. So... I do believe God sends confirmations. So when I did do it, I did see like a lot of people who had mentorship groups um, in 2020. They were the ones I was selling to. So again, I wasn't really promoting it, um, but it reached a lot of youth mm-hmm. and a lot of the um, women and the teachers. They were like, oh my gosh, like I had to like pull this book out because there's so many fights now, especially because 2020, everybody's mental health went down, especially women and, and children. So... They told me, like, they had to, like, really put this book on a desk, show the girls it's not what you do. Um, And it kind of kept me going. I'm like, okay, God, like, it's meaning in this. At the end of the day, I don't care if this is not for the masses. I know the power of one. And I I trust and love your one just like how you love us. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much how I look at that. Our examples of strong women in our lives. I know you mentioned your mom mm-hmm. so far, and I'm sure y'all probably all gonna say your mom, but like, other than your mom, who <laughs> are your strongest women that you look up to? You might not even know them personally, but they've impacted your life so much that, um, you know, just made your life a little bit different, or you looked at life differently. Anna Nadine Howe, my grandmother. That woman right there, all I can say is that. That woman is so strong because not only did she, she was married three times. Um, all of her husbands wronged her in some kind of way. Um, some things that I even learned that my grandma doesn't even know happened that, th- that her husband did to her. Um, but it's the almost innocence in a way that she carries. Um, she gives people so much grace she loves anybody. If you walk into her house for the first time, you're going to leave with a $20 bill in your hand. She's going to wash your clothes for you. She's going to inspect the dirt. Like, my grandmother is one of the most giving, most caring people ever that I've ever met in my life. Um, our birthdays are three days apart, so I've always just kind of oh, felt like super close with her, Malia. Yes, yes. I got her name tattooed on my grave. Oh, like, that's the first tattoo I got. <laughs> Um, she raised five children, worked night shift while also taking care of her mother. So like she never got any sleep, but she just did it. Mm-hmm. She made it work. Mm-hmm. 
So I look at her as the person that's like, okay, when I'm feeling like I can't do it or I'm feeling stressed, um, overworked, I think about my grandmother and I'm like, okay, if she did it, then I can do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I would have to say it's two people. One, my grandmother, uh, that woman takes no shit and does no harm. Mm-hmm. She really makes sure she always ends up on top somehow and she always makes choices for her and she's a lady and she dressed nice and I just really rock with that (laughs) she's a lady and my cousin Paige my second cousin Paige she has so much personality so much she's so vibrant she knows a lot about a lot of stuff and it's like I've always looked up to her and admired her I would say we can't say our mom but mm-hmm. that was definitely gonna be my answer because um, I think we don't know how strong somebody is until they're vulnerable um, so I guess the next person I would think that offered me that vulnerability and said you know I'm actually going through something is probably my mentor um, her name is Miss Dawn and um, she owns uh, Little Miracles daycare here in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. but it was like really like my first job. Like I've always just worked with children in the background before anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was my mentor because initially I wanted to do child care, but she was my first representation of like black women in luxury. And I thought that was really important. Like I w- basically grew up um, in an urban area and I didn't really see that. Um, so she... She's just that girl, like, in real life. And I was able to see that at a young age. Um, And she just inspires me. Because, like, I know what she's gone through. She constantly pours into other girls and women who want their own child care centers. Or, like, she doesn't view them as competition. or nothing. Like, she's literally that. That was my first, like, representation of black girl luxury. And an empowered woman. Like, she's just that. So, it would be my mentor in this time. I love that black girl luxury. That just made me think about a bunch of stuff the way you just Because <laughs> you can't, like, some of the struggles that I go through is, like, being a, um, not trying to be a product of my environment. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's hard to believe that you could be something else if you don't see it. So that's why she impacted me on that level. Because I did see, like, you know, a black woman could have an amazing family, good-looking husband, not settle, have all the name brands that she won if she don't want it she's still popping stuff like she's just that girl so yeah it's, it's definitely her for me <laughs> oh um i know i said not my mom but i she would kill me if i didn't shut her out <laughs> so we went to my mother <laughs> um my mom's mom i call her my gang and my aunt and that's my mom's sister. So I have three strong, very strong women. They're very different. They have different opinions. But when it comes to a lot of the things that I've been through personally, I always get their opinion. They have very strong opinions and they are, they do not care. But um, those three women are definitely like, the I like I want to be all of them in one person. Um, and then I think a person that I don't know, but that I always watch all the time is Sarah Jakes Roberts. Um, and she's a pastor and I watch her all the time. And she's just like a woman that just like, just promotes self-help and um, promotes um, women empowerment. So I just- I, I love just her too. Yeah. Well, mine is my mom. Um, I grew up with my mother, which, and I think like you said, like 
at least for me, I saw my mom at some of the lowest points in her life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those moments, it was just me and her and we were figuring out life together. Mm -hmm. Like she was in her, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s, going through like her midlife crisis, what she defined as her midlife crisis. And I think she held on to her faith when she had nothing. Like we had everything, but we had nothing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing that is what made me be the person that I am today because although I am a, a I grew up an only child mm -hmm. so like I know how to fend for myself but it was it wasn't really until we got to that point that I'm like okay it's fight or flight yeah. you're either gonna make it or you're not yeah and these are the tools and resources you have to use not just physically but mm -hmm. mentally mm -hmm. and spiritually that's gonna get you through whatever you're going through and when I tell you it's like the lowest of the low like we came here 2011 and the reason why we moved was because of her ex-boyfriend. So imagine moving to Ohio, no family, and you're relying on another man, and then that man leaves you. And it's just me and her. And I'm starting high school, a suburban high school, coming from Brooklyn, New York. And it's like, what what do you do? Mm -hmm. So she was literally going through like unemployment. I'm asking her, I'm not really knowing what's like financially, mm -hmm. but I'm asking her like, can we do this? Can we do that? She's like, no, but like, we could do this instead, like yeah. still trying to make a way. And mm -hmm. I think that in itself is like, she literally gave me the world. I'm gonna mm -hmm. get emotional. I'm like, oh. Now stop me, <laughs> But yeah, mine is definitely Beautiful. my mom because I don't like, oh wow, I'm emotional right now. Mm -hmm. Mama is. Um, okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's my girl. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. <laughs> it's okay. Shout out, yeah, shout out to Mama Evelyn. Yeah, shout out to Mama Evelyn. Shout out to Mama Evelyn. She's awesome, my girl. We rock with her. Yes. <laughs> Aw. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say my mom, too, but y'all said we could. Yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. said, yeah. said my mom, too. Because I've been crying, too. Yeah. yeah. Shout but, out to my mom. Like, shout out to my mom, mom, too. I would like to throw that out there. Mom. <laughs> shout out to all the moms. Out to the mom. The thing about, like... Not even just me, but with her, like y'all, y'all, you haven't met my mom, but y'all seen her. Mm -hmm. You would never think that she has ever gone through any of that kind of like situation ever because of how she carries herself like, mm -hmm. with so much grace and so much power. Like that's, she's the definition of woman empowerment to me mm -hmm. and like how she uplifts her sisters and like everybody. So yeah, I'm done talking. Moms, moms be getting it right. I don't know how they do it. They just be like on it. Yeah, they definitely. And it's like. I, I don't know. Like how? How? Like how? You just woke up. Like, there's no rule book to parenting, and it's like day one of leaving the hospital. You was like, all right, let's just do this, yeah. and then do it right, <laughs> and then like nobody. It's just like all on you. It's like that's crazy. Yeah. I definitely always try to tell people what I go through. Mm -hmm. It's that vulnerability. That's like full circle. It's the vulnerability mm -hmm. that can really inspire people. Sometimes I wake up I'm like I don't know how I'm inspirational. Mm -hmm. I just care about women. I mean, there's I'm sure there's other people that care about women, but what's gonna set you apart? That's just this is just me dropping a gem. Be vulnerable with your audience and the people that you want to influence. Because like when they see that you went through the same thing too, you're a testimony at that point. Yeah. Don't be silent about your testimony. That's empowering me to anybody, men or women. Like, don't be shy about your testimony. Like, speak up. Yeah. You never know how your testimony can help another person. Somebody. 
it's, it's kind of selfish in a way. You never know how you can really help another person. And at the end of the day, nobody can deny your truth. Yeah. Y'all know what? Not to get off topic. When God gives you your your blessing, your anointing, what mm-hmm. you create with that is your gift back to God. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Just and I read this this other... like I was reading the Bible today, and I had read this part that was like, you know, sharing, like, you have free will, mm-hmm. but... God is still going to judge you at the end of the day. So it's like, you need to do, you need to follow your heart and do the things you want to do. But I'm kind of torn between like doing what I want to do, but also not doing too much. Like putting myself out there, but not putting too much out there. Like, when do you know, like even with your business, like when did you know when it was like, okay, maybe this is too much or maybe this is not enough. You know, I get told that all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we, I mean, they didn't have mental health. They didn't have a lot of stuff, but they have wisdom. Um, too, because they've been on this world like way longer than us, but there are some flaws still, and we think differently. So I still get asked, like, Chanel, why do you put all your business out on social media? But it's because people have DM'd me, like, this saves my life. Mm-hmm. That's how I got my community. Mm-hmm. That's how you create community. Like, how you gain friends is like, okay, what do you like? What are our interests? If you're not putting yourself out there, how can you really have community? What what are they bonded to? Who are you? Mm-hmm. We don't even know who you are. You take cute pictures. That's enough for me to follow you and be interested in you. So um, I think, like, I still, again, to your question, I still get the, is this too much? Is this not too much? Based off, like, how I was taught. But what keeps me going and it kind of makes me not just care anymore because I know I'm doing God's work. If anybody could be inspired, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, What's wrong with that? So, <laughs> have you ever sat and asked God, like, why me? Because I know I pray my every day as this morning. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I always am like, why, why me? Like, why do I have to share my business? Why can't be the next person? Yeah. You know? So, do you find yourself asking all the time? I mean, look at the people in the Bible, Jonah. Shoot, he got spit out my well. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think everybody, everybody that God used, they ask why you. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't finish uh, college. Like, I didn't. People think I went to some Yale's. No. Like, I have that insecurity on my back every day. I walk in these rooms not thinking I'm enough every day. And I realize God used those people that don't feel like they're enough. Moses, he had a stuttering problem. Me, I don't think I'm a good speaker. But yeah, I get booked to speak all the time. That's one of my biggest fears of speaking. Mm-hmm. God will use your insecurities. That's how you get his glory at the end of the day. So I'm going to always ask why me, but it's through God in me is why I have my platform and I do my work. And it's always, he's always going to get the praise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely why you, but it's like, why not you too? How do you measure your success? Like, how do you know, is it based off how much feedback you get? Like, oh, this saved my life. Is that how you measuring your success or like? Yeah, how many people I impact. Okay. Because again, this is this hasn't really been a, real business um so i do a lot of stuff for free mm-hmm. um and i've been seeing myself like that like now i feel more not helpless but it's been it's been weird trying to figure out the business part and mm-hmm. it's been kind of sad for me because mm-hmm. like i don't operate like that i do everything in love mm-hmm. um so it's it's been it's been different but it showed me maybe I have a different level of success than other people 
because the people are mentoring me right now, they're thinking about the money, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, I think everybody should get paid for what they do and the gifts that they bring. But God said, your gifts will make room for you. Mm-hmm. So if I keep doing what I'm doing in, in genuine spirits, I have to just trust at the end of the day, God got me. My bills are paid. Even if I'm not a millionaire, my bills are paid. And that's what I'm coming to. So yeah, I think the impact comes from people actually telling me this work has saved my life. Thank you for doing this. And like, that's empowering me. Sometimes when you are in this business of empowering others, my cup gets itchy really quick, mm-hmm. really quick. So it pours back into me. Is people telling me that it wasn't in vain. Other than people like giving you positive feedback, what fills your cup back up? Like after a long day of being an advocate, service, servicing people, doing that all day, what fills you back up? What makes you go, okay, I'm back on full and I'm good now? God, right now. Um, literally, that's why, like, me and God go together for bass. Like, I all <laughs> the time. Because it's really him. Like, I have to, that's why I told you, I'm not even on social media right now. I have to get in my quiet space and refill my cup. I was burnt out. I can't, I can't do no. I can't be a help to nobody if I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's like a big part of like, no matter what you do, whether you're a doctor or whatever, when you're in the business of helping people, mm-hmm. you have to make sure your mental's okay. Definitely. So right now I am asking those questions like, all right, God, like other than you, even though you're enough, <laughs> but like what else can fill my cup? And I heard, um, as somebody said, you pour from your overflow, mm-hmm. not your cup. Mm-hmm. so right now I'm in a season of like overflow so I could come back and really go go hard mm-hmm. but um two I think I realized I have such a heart for helping people the people around me always need me as well mm-hmm. and I haven't been in those spaces where I really nourished friendships that could actually help me girl code is that girl code and um Oh, hi, girls. The better. Mm-hmm. You're doing that all by yourself, mm-hmm. or you have a team? I do have three people on my team now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and a part of that was, like, me trusting people. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people do things from the hype, especially mm-hmm. here in Ohio. Yeah. I want to make sure that, like, the people I'm around, one, because I've been around some weird people, um, who, like, sometimes they want to be around you because they want to be you. And they covet over what you have. So their intentions are not good. I've been around a lot of that. Um, but I think God bought me the people that I need. And I told them, like, I don't got no money to pay you right now, but this is my vision. And they were already on board. And I realized people want to belong. People want to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. And I realized that half my business is because, like, there was no seat at the table for me. So I created my own table. But it would have been so much easier if there were a seat for me somewhere else. Yeah. So I want to give those opportunities to other people as well. And I realized the work that I'm doing, I cannot be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. I can't. So that was the end of 2022 for me. I'm like, look, I have to have a team. And I have to trust that God is going to take care of me. Even though if those people don't have the best intentions, which I know they do, um, not to be so hyper-focused on me getting hurt or, you know, somebody taking my business plans and or whatever the case is. Like, I had to just trust God um, in that moment because I, I do know my work that I'm doing is way bigger than me. And God was not going to continue to bless my business and things I'm doing without me having other people. Because, again, it's always about other people it's a benefit to dealing with you having you in my life there's certain benefits that camille brings that brisiana brings that b brings that i bring to each of each other Mm -hmm. that like 
fills each other up. Like, so it has to be a benefit to the person being in your circle. So, like, you know, just go ahead. And that's, I, I never thought that before. My that was my flaw. I'm I'm really a genuine person, a kind person. Um, I knew that was going to be, like, my downfall as well. So, when I meet people, it's about how you treat me and how I feel around you. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the only prerequisite for a friendship. So now that I'm, like, in these rooms, I'm like, okay, you know what? I really don't have that many business friends. Like, I really don't have anybody that could, like, put me on game about anything. Um, So it's not that they... They fill my cup in other areas as far as, like, laughter and a good time. But I realize where I'm going, I need to be around people who, like, iron sharpens iron. Exactly. So for me, even in the season now, I'm like, okay, God, like, I guess I have to be really intentional about who's around me. And I never... Mm -hmm. I never use people. So it's different. It's not even about you. Like, I know it's yeah, not about that, you, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. but in my head, like I'm such a genuine person, it feels very uncomfortable to think that way. Like if you can't really offer value, you can't be around me. Like that is something I am trying to get a hold of and get comfortable with, like saying, you know. Um, so it's different. I'm not sure how you guys deal with that or like how you guys take on friendships and stuff, but i that was like the only prerequisite. I don't think it's disingenuous to have people around you that also you want to serve you too. You just have different relationships for different things. Like you could just mm-hmm. have your friends you kiki with, but like also friends that, you know, like you said, elevate you as well. So like, but think about it. Do you think some people would be dealing with you if you didn't bring a certain value to them? The room got silent. Y'all heard that? It, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I figured too. So like some people would like you just for your likeness. Right. And I'm around people where I know, um, I'm around genuine people, but I know a lot of people do try to befriend me because I'm popular or, you know, they get in different rooms with me or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Like I've been, that's why I've been kind of to myself lately too. Cause that's what I'm talking about. Like the weirdness, like mm-hmm. I don't move that way. And I guess people, even a corporate ladder, they will use people to get to where, they're at I just never moves like that so I'm not even saying that's wrong I guess it's smart if you you know you're strategic I guess but I'm still trying to get over that that's not genuine like I'm trying to get over that but like even Kim K she started off as Brandy's like mate mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like stole her shine and went to the brother you know like people work they wait up to the top it's strategic mm-hmm. people be in the background all of a sudden be in the front because they knew how to befriend certain people. And I just, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about that. You can still be a good person and, you know, use people's, not only want to use the word use, but I don't want to use the word use. <laughs> but <laughs> it feels but like can, that. It feels like use, but like you can still be a good person and then utilize your relationships because like, you, that's, that's not a bad thing. That's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. You have to be willing to let that other person do that same thing to you too though exactly because that yeah. like you're, i said validity mm-hmm. of what you build with somebody mm-hmm. if you can't be used in the same way that you're using another person then you're in it for the wrong reason period because i need to be able to turn to my left and be like all right so i know i helped you out with that thing if this relationship is not fruitful it is dead mm-hmm. so that's what i've been training my brain around i know you have something to say. yeah okay. mm-hmm. if you're using somebody to get something out of it, then I don't think that's your friend. That could be your acquaintance or your business mm-hmm. partner. But I feel like that definition of friend is not what that is. Mm. So a friend is somebody that's there for you mentally, um, there for you through thick and thin. But if you're trying to get something out of them, that's right. not a friend. Absolutely. And it comes naturally. Call me on a bad day. 
whatever, whatever, y'all have that genuine connection and y'all pour into each other naturally. Right. Like it's all about intent. It's all about what you're doing behind closed doors, what you're doing mm-hmm. and what you're saying when that person isn't there. Like it's all those little things that's like, how are you showing up as my friend? Genuinely. And that's why I said like my prerequisites, how I feel around you. For me growing up and things like that, I am a sh- the strong friend. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you guys could just to be mm-hmm. the strong friend. Cheers Man. to the strong friends out there. <laughs> because like I never really needed a lot of people for different things so I've always been like the one giving Mm -hmm. so now I'm in a season of where I need people they don't know how to even give to me it's like you know you you're that person or you're just you know what can I say to empower you like they don't even feel comfortable in this situation because they thought I had it all together and I'm like no I actually need somebody to pour into me right now and it's just different for a lot of my friends in this space and they do what they can. Um, but it's like, I'm in this space. I don't want to be strong no more. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, no, literally like, I, I feel like I've always been the strong friend always mm-hmm. like, because again, I grew up the only child. Yeah. So when I cry myself to sleep, I cry myself to sleep. That's what I know. Oh. Like it comes naturally. Yeah. So I'm now getting to a point where, I can call them and be like, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that now, but I'm at a point comfortably with myself to where it's like, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay. Like, you don't always have to always have your shit together. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all, we all go through the same thing, whether it's on surface level, deeper level, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's some insecurities in every situation we go through. Like, we're women. It's natural. Yeah. It's all about being comfortable with who you are as a woman at the end of the day and knowing that, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, these are my friends, but they're my sisters. Yeah. Like, I'm big about treating my friends here, especially, like, they're my family. Like, mm-hmm. you need a place to stay? Cool. You drunk? You stay here. Cool. Mm-hmm. You need to go to the bathroom? We're going to the bathroom. Cool. Like, yeah. just yep. all those things that fall under that umbrella of, like, being an intentional, solid friend. Yeah. And showing up as your authentic self. Yeah. And if you really care about people, you automatically are in a space where you think, like, oh, you know what, I think this would benefit one of my friends. So let me just do this. Or like, I'm going to the store. I realized that I'm about to get something. Maybe the rest of my friends would like this too. Or just like, you would already be in that space of like helping them. Also, being selfless. Being selfless. Yes. You already have that mindset. And also, I know y'all talked about being the strong friend. Um, that strong black woman thing has never been me. Um, can't relate. Um, but <laughs> I love, my favorite thing is to have somebody I can depend on. So... That's right. Like my favorite genre. I know that's right. It's not comfortable too. Like so sometimes it's not even like them. It's not just me. That part. Like, cause I am a strong friend and I took that title on. It's like I think somebody said it earlier, where when you are in a bad mood, like I do shut down. I don't wanna be around nobody. I don't want nobody to like feel that. And lately, sometimes I show up, um, even going to events here, if I'm not the one I'm in the room when I'm just quiet, you know, just chilling. When I tell you, I get 50 people asking, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you? I was like, can I just chill? Do I have to talk? Do I have to entertain y'all? Like, what do y'all want from me? Like, I'm just trying to chill. I'm enjoying the vibes. So it's almost like a responsibility now. 
And um, I'm trying to get out of that too. So yeah, it's it's not always them. It's about being comfortable to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm in a space again. Now I need people around me because like new levels, new devils. I can't mm-hmm. do this by myself no more. Whether it's business, whether it's just you know the devils that are coming my way, trying to throw me off track from my work because I think I'm getting closer to that um purpose work. It's like I. Even God had 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples. I know I need that strong 12. Okay. Um, and there is a difference between business friends and friendships. I'm glad you said that. I, I am learning that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just like a, it's a journey. And again, being vulnerable, I'm sure there's other viewers and um, people, they're probably going through the same thing. So, like, having these conversations are very important in finding friendships and evolving Cause we all have work to do and I never act like I have it all together. And I think that's what made me, I guess, so inspiring. I tell people like, I do not have it all together. Like I am still learning how not to be the strong friend, how to let people in, knowing who's an acquaintance and who's a friend. So I'm just so nice and like, oh, you can be my friend. Like, mm-hmm. can't do that no more. <laughs> you know, like trying to not be mean. And like you said it earlier, sometimes when you do have those standards of a friendship, which you want around you, um, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't. And like, I be thinking like, oh my gosh, I have to do this at the show for everybody. I have to do this. And I don't. I don't. Even if they say, you know, that's weird. It's okay. I have to show up for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be there every single time. I'm okay. It's not, a ba- I'm not a bad person because of that. Definitely not. Yeah. I would love to get into some like social media. One, you could easily compare yourself to successes and other things that's happening for other people. Um, I just did not really do that too much. But I think in this season, um, since I'm in these different rooms and people are doing similar things or they have programs and things like that too, I think their opinion and stuff matters to me a little bit more now. So one, I just wanted to shut off from everything. Um, And then two, I'm like big on originality. And what really kind of drive that, like, let me just stay off right now in this season, is because everything I do, I get those, like, I don't want to call them copycats, but people who do covet over what I have. And my mentor was like, Chanel, like, I know you want to help everybody. You're, like, giving your blueprints to everything. You're trying to help the next person. But you have to understand this is a business. Mm-hmm. And people will steal your thunder if you let mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I had to, again, I because I'm such a pure-hearted person, sometimes when people see stuff in you, like, I don't think in my heart that I'm that special because mm-hmm. it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. But I guess it makes, you know, everybody special because there's nobody like you. Exactly. You know? So I'm thinking people around me have the same heart mindset is they don't not everybody are good people mm-hmm. so like this not being so naive about that and um i was like you know let me just not post my moves i don't owe nobody nothing in this season i'm trying to figure it out for myself first mm-hmm. so when i'm ahead enough that's when i look back and help everybody come with me but right now i do see a lot of like weird things where you know one person they say oh okay you know can you mention me do that on the real team and then i'll they're pitching the same product. Yeah. The same, like, I've been around a lot of weird energy lately, and it started to kind of tame my soul a little bit. So I'm like, you know what, God? I don't need validation from nobody but you. 
So let me tap back into myself and you so I can make sure I can pour back into others the way I need to. And that I had to lock myself up. I had to lock lock in. Because social media mm-hmm. takes so much of our time anyway. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. This scrolling and things like that. Like, no. Let me focus on the Bible, reading my Bible, getting closer to you, um, figuring out what my next steps are. I don't I don't need it. If you took it away all right now, I have to be okay with that. If you took my following away, if you took all the likes away, if you took all the people who are proud of me away and they hate me tomorrow, I can't be too high on my highs and too low on my lows. So let me get back level and center. And I think that's just a healthy practice to like do at least once a year. Just really just take a social media break. Really just uh, have that alone time with yourself so you can really, really tap into yourself. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's the key focus is the if you let them. Because yeah. I think, at least me personally, being at social media, I've had that thought of like copycat this and the third, whatever. And I've had moments where I wanted to take a break. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I saw myself focusing more on the people that I am impacting in a more positive way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what kept me going. Because I've been doing social media for since... I don't know, freshman, sophomore year of college. Yeah. And I've had so many of those moments where it's like, damn, like, you're really taking my damn right now. But, like, it's yeah. cool. And it is, you know, at least when it comes to, like, comparing myself, I see other people doing stuff and it's like, well, damn, why am I not there yet? Yeah. And I think that where I'm at right now is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think I've grown to be okay with that yeah. in itself and just leaving it there and letting God lead me to the rooms and the places mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to be in. Absolutely. And he will. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just felt like for me, I was supposed to get off. Because I'm going nowhere. Because some people are giving me advice from different directions and stuff. I felt so confused. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, God, let me shut everything out and focus on you. Put you first. And I know my steps going to be ordered. Mm-hmm. through my obedience mm-hmm. so um yeah consistency is a big thing like if you are on social media consistency is a big thing um but i know this next level even like having a podcast like not everybody's gonna like your podcast not everybody like when you really put yourself out there and i know the next season i have to put myself out there a lot i have to like disengage and attach from people's views of me because i'm still like i'm a recovering people pleaser Mm-hmm. so people's opinions and thoughts of me can really uh make or break me sometimes mm-hmm. so i'm like all right let me not even care for a moment let me tap in and, and you know validate myself with what you said about me god because i know this next season i'm about to keep my eyes stayed on you not the comments not you know posting every two like i have to make sure i'm filling my cup mm-hmm. basically so I thought that recovering statement was going to take a different turn. Just having this conversation right here made me realize what comes with being an influencer. Like, mm-hmm. the three of y'all, what y'all go, you really got to put yourself out there. Like, your business is out there. And, yeah. I don't think it's, I pick and choose what I put out yeah. on my social media. Mm-hmm. And it's not everything. Because I used to be the person that was like, okay, here's my bowl of cereal I'm eating in the morning. But it's like, no, like, now <laughs> it's... You know, and it's really about my niche market. So yeah. for me, it's like interior decoration. That's my portfolio. That's me showing off my work. Fashion, me showing off my work. Um, on a more lifestyle level, I just now started posting in my close friends, at least when it comes to like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I think, who is that? What's his name? The rapper that was in Waffle House. You got, that? Yes. When that happened, that made me realize that like, People are really out here to, like, 
prey on you and get you. And after that, the whole saying of like, let success be your noise Mm -hmm. is what made me kind of steer back and say, okay, like you don't have to show everything off. But I think again, me coming back to the, there are people that look up to me that's younger than me. Mm -hmm. Even like, there's a reason why I'm on this platform and there's a reason why they look up to me the way that they do. And I think just that is what kept me going as Brianna Styles. I don't want to use the word influencer anymore, but just me, my social media personality, just in mm-hmm. general. There's a re- I don't know what that reason is. There's several, I'm sure. But there's a reason why, you know, they keep coming back and, like, sharing and saying, hey, like, I love this and that and that, whatever, whatever. Like, maybe they want to do the things that I'm doing in the future. Cool. But that's kind of what keeps me going and what keeps me motivated to, you know, post content. Even if it's not on a, like, personal, hey, serial basic. <laughs> and I like that. You have to use wisdom about putting yourself out there. You don't put everything out right. there. I never post in real time. I, I always, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I take all the videos and stuff when I get home or maybe the next day. Yeah. That's when I post. Um, I never post in real time. You, have to, you do have to have wisdom in everything that you do. And then two, I don't post something that's not going to bring fruit. If it does not bear fruit, it's no point in me posting it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not about to tell y'all like, because I see people put everything out there. Like, me and my baby dad. Like, I'm not doing that. That doesn't bring fruit. That's, that's drama. That, that God is not in that. But when it comes to, like, something that can inspire somebody, whether it is a picture of you piecing your, your clothes together, that, that does inspire people to dress differently. People are trying to find their style in this world. Um, that inspires people. If it's you teaching them how to cook healthy, like, that inspires people. If it's about a child that you overcame, that inspires people. But the nonsense... <laughs> I see, you know, people put on Big there. No, yeah, that does not bear the fruit. Yeah. I was going to say, too, if you can't handle the backlash that you might get from what you post to, then mm-hmm. you should reality, uh, reevaluate that as well. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't put out here that your baby daddy egged your house and he tore up your clothes mm-hmm. and set it all on fire if you don't want to hear anybody talk about you know, something else or try to like call you out on, well, what did you do? Mm -hmm. Well, it ain't your business what I did to make you do that. So why would you even put it out there in the first place? So people literally like, oh, they want the tea. Mm -hmm. What people feed in media right now is the tea, is the fighting, is is the the negative stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for people to do. People like the attention that it brings. There's nobody checking them. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. You don't have social media as a joke sometimes. It's really a joke. Now, you see, they're trying to make it where you have to be a certain age to use social media. No. Yeah. I don't know if y'all saw that, but yeah. Where'd you see that? On the news. (gasps) You know what? I don't watch the news. I get my news from a reliable source. This one? That one. Uh, These are my reliable sources um, because I don't watch cable. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was always like 12 though, right? 12? That's a young. For social media? I thought it was always 12. Like when they ask you your birthday yeah. and so that's what they're checking. How old was you when you got your first phone? I think I was like I was in high school because I, was eight. Cause I eight. had to pay for it. My mom always, made, she made me the independent woman I am. Okay, because mm-hmm. I had to pay for it. Like 13? So like 14, 13 when I was able to work. How about you? I think I was like 13. And you said 8 and then it was 8. 12. 12? It was a little pink Sprint flip phone. Oh, and I played all of the shit when I had. Listen, I was 
listen, did y'all? I wanted a sidekick more than life itself. <laughs> nah. Oh my god. I had point. You had to hit. That's how you knew you was that girl. And you was doing a little in class, a little. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. And I, you had aim. Y'all used aim. I didn't, I didn't have aim. No. Or a razor. The razor with the Bluetooth. Oh my god. You couldn't tell me nothing. It sounds to me like y'all haven't been humbled because I had to press. Two, three times to get the seat. Okay. My first phone was a red flip phone. I had a red phone too. I'm gonna call you back after nine. And I had to ask my mom if I could text people. Really? Yeah. Like she was on me like that. Like you can get this phone. You call me. You call your dad. You call your grandma. If you want to send a text, you got to tell me who you texting and mm-hmm. what you texting them about. Yeah. <laughs> Did you grow up in like a strict environment? How was that? Yeah. Yeah. She was She was pretty strict. And I think she kind of let up a little bit when she got remarried mm-hmm. to my stepdad, but not really. Like yeah. she still parented me and my stepdad parented my step siblings type mm-hmm. of thing. And like he still like loved me, corrected me when needed, but... When I, and I wasn't even the type of kid that really got in trouble for real, but if I was the one to get in trouble, it would be from my mom. Yeah, yeah. My mom is kind of strict too. I think half the reason why I am who I am is she was strict. Like, I was not allowed to be in the streets with my friends. Period. Mm-hmm. You in the house when the streetlights come on? Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I used to hate them. They always say, Oh, you're going to thank me one day. Or thank this. Mom, okay. Thank you. <laughs> nah, my dad rolled up on us on his bike. We was at the Ooh. park and didn't realize the streets came on. Uh, street lights came on. Oh, oh man, that will humble anybody <laughs> to see a big, dark skinned bald headed man <laughs> rolling up on you on a bike. Dang. And he got that real deep voice. Bill. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That. Oh man. That is funny. Um, that is. Well, I love this conversation. Um, I think we learned a lot from you, Chanel. So yes. thank you again. Thank for you coming. so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm back. Yes. That's important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before we like end off though, we should like when we think of the word woman empowerment, what's one word that comes to mind? And mine is transparency. So anybody can it don't gotta be in order, but I think re-empowerment because I think we're empowered already mm-hmm. but sometimes we just need reminders sometimes mm-hmm. or we need a little bit of an extra cushion mm-hmm. at some point but I don't think we ever have to feel like we are less than yeah. we have empowerment already sometimes we just need a little bit more absolutely um I think the word that comes to mind is boss mm-hmm. um I feel like every woman in their own way whether they're at a desk or your mom any woman they're all just bosses to me. So that's what I think what women empowerment means. Mm-hmm. I would have to say choice and happiness. Why? Why? Oh, why? Um, okay. <laughs> so choice, when you're when you have the option to make your own decisions, when you can say, Hey, I'm making a choice, that's your power. And then when you are unable to make a choice, you can't decide, you're saying I have no power. So when you can have a choice and anything it's like you flexing your power and happiness because when you feel empowered you feel happy you're like yeah i'm on this yeah. pedestal i'm here i'm good i'm heard i'm seen life is good like you're just happy yeah um mine's i think is the lifestyle and love because i mean when god says love thy neighbor that's all women's empowerment is um and i pour into women because i feel like the world doesn't love us as much right so if 
the world don't have our back, we at least have to have each other's back. Mm-hmm. So I really hear love and making that a lifestyle. Making love a lifestyle. That's mm-hmm. what women's empowerment is. I like that. I love that. Yeah. Well, which camera is it? Which camera am I looking at? <laughs> this one? Okay. Make sure you guys follow Chanel on Instagram at Chanel underscore B. Yay. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and our make sure you follow us on Instagram and our podcast platforms at Black Woman Link Up, 2Ks in the link. And I am Brianna. I'm Camille. I'm Lovan. I'm Bracey. And I'm Chanel. This is Black Women Link. That's another episode. Yes. Love it. Love it. Here he is. I'm not going to lie. Cheers. Yes. Lauren. <laughs> Why you put your hand down there? Honestly, right. do it again. Oh, honestly, between yeah. heat being okay. on 74 and heat yeah. light, I'm about to be cremated on this oh. house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ready? One, two, three. One more.